since I'm black, it might be even bigger than Jack Nicholas. I might be even bigger than him to the blacks. Um, I might be a, sort of like a Michael Jordan in basketball, something like that. The world is ready. It is absolutely ready for a non-white golfer to be successful. Uh, the next booming area in the world for golf is Asia. Tiger is already Asian. He is Thai. Um, in the United States, Tiger is black. So when he wins in the United States, he'll be the first black golfer to win. When he wins a major in, in Asia, he'll be the first Asian to win, you see? So he can't lose unless he doesn't win. And I don't anticipate him not winning. This podcast has been brought to you by a four-eyed production. And now, let's start the show. Right back in here. Culture Shop Podcast. Okay, we black like we never live, like we never live. Yeah, we black like we never live, like we never live. Okay, we black like we never live, like we never live. Yeah, we black like we never live, like we never live. Hey, cut the mic on, fist up right on, man. You have no idea. Looking for that inspiration, man. We have that right here. Yeah, we got that good word, just that culture shock for your ear. Here with Courtney B, a girl named Tiffany. We making history. Your favorite podcast is on the net. Turn this. Conversations about the culture that I bet that you love Just two beautiful black women pushing one black ass goal It's the culture shop, I cast it's about that time, now let's go Okay, we black, like we never live, like we never live Yeah, we black, like we never live, like we never live Okay, we black, like we never live, like we never live Yeah, we black, like we never live, like we never live I'm tearing these, um, these cashews up I can't eat them things, I will be instantly sick for real? Oh yeah, I'm allergic to cashews. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. It ain't gonna do nothing to me as long as I don't eat it. Okay. You know how some people can breathe stuff in and yeah. then they start breaking out. Mm-mm. I have to eat it. Hey, did you see the um Joanne the skimmer had me in tears. Did you see the Beyonce um entering Reebok all the Caucasians to the back mm-hmm. post? I was crying, yo. Crying. <laughs> but you know what interests me about that? What? Is Number one, they have vehemently denied that that ever happened. Okay. Number two, she signed with Adidas, but Adidas owns Reebok. Owns Reebok. <laughs> so, well, I said the same thing. I said it might not have happened, but Joanne's thing was still funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was at Fashion Nova when he did that. Yes. <laughs> but, okay. God, so. what did he say when he came in the room? He was like, it did wasn't shut the hell. Yeah, but it was like. Oh, I gotta find it. I gotta find it. Go but ahead. You know what? Like, it's so funny because when I first started seeing like Joanne the scammer, mm-hmm. I I was just like, but this is not Joanne the scammer because I couldn't figure out. I'm like, where is where is this from? But he used to be known. This was like when YouTube first started getting big with people making videos. Mm-hmm. He was he his name used to be Miss Prada. Yes. Yes. Even Miss Prada. <laughs> even when he came out as Joanne the Scammer, like Prada was still a big part of what he was doing in the beginning. I used to love me some Miss Prada. Miss Prada used to have me hot. Me and Ami 
used to love Miss Prada. And so then I was like, oh, Joanne and Miss Prada are the same. Yeah. <laughs> They're the same person. Yeah. That was funny. It was funny to watch people like from back in the day, like your old YouTube days. I remember whenever um B. Scott was mm. on YouTube and like somebody put me on in like 2002, 2003, something like that. Um, And used to tune in faithfully. Yeah. And now look. B Scott is B like the B Scott. I still like I I have like some YouTube channels that I have been so loyal to like you know and and what is what I was thinking about this the other day is like even the YouTubers that I watch they they're kind of like me like they're like, you know, like ratchet and funny, mm-hmm. but they have a lot of sense. Like, they actually talk about things that are really going on, but they mix it in well. So, it's like I don't really get tired of watching their show because it's kind of like now at this point, I feel like I'm just listening to my friends talk. You got sense? A little bit. Okay. Um, But, yeah, like, I, I watch some really good YouTubers. Like, I... I, it's this one YouTuber that I'm, I feel like messaging her and being like, next time I'm in Atlanta, like, you want to meet up for college? Right. Because I feel like I know her now. Like, <laughs> I love her. But um, I watch a lot of, of good YouTubers. And I always make sure I like and I'm subscribed. And, you know, I, I do my share because I want them to keep making videos. Because I enjoy it. It gets me through the work week. Amen. Just like podcasts. And you know what? I feel bad. Why? Because, like... Other than this, like, new podcast that I've been listening to, which is called The Unconventional Millennials. Yeah, Unconventional Millennials. Um, I, they are so good. They are okay, good. I'm going to let it go, but they are so good. Y'all got to tune in. I don't listen to, like, other podcasts like ours because yeah. I just don't want my true dialogue and banter to be compromised. Like, I want to talk oh, yeah. about the topics the you way know, that you would talk about them regularly yes. without any influence. I get yes. it. So I don't listen to a lot of other podcasts that are centered around the types of things that we talk about unless mm-hmm. it just, you know, is just really some people who I feel like. Like, I don't like to listen to anyone who I don't feel like is smarter than me. Oh, yeah, that yeah, makes yeah. Sense. No, I totally get so, that. So that's why I like the Unconventional Millennials because they are, like, super smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Since we're talking about this, and I'm just going to go there, I have recently started listening to this podcast called Still Processing, mm-hmm. um, and I caught up on it because it was like I listened to a few episodes, and then I stopped for a while, and then I recently started back, and I know you and I had talked about how, you know, we love film and theater and, like, analyzing yeah. and reviewing, and so they have a recent episode where they reviewed us. Mm-hmm. but they kind of reviewed it in tandem with Beloved. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. I would have never thought about these two movies together. But it, it just it just goes back to things that you try to avoid and run away from mm-hmm. and things that you've buried, they Coming spread out, yeah. you know, and they affect your entire surroundings and everyone around you that, you know, it's connected to you, kind of like how the doppelgangers came back mm-hmm. for everybody. And with Beloved, I mean, she basically just ripped everybody's lives apart. Truly. Paul D., Denver, Setha's, like, 
it the way they reviewed it and critiqued it it was just it was excellent so kind of goes along with the life theme of mine like secrets don't protect anybody the secrets, no one the secrets make you sick mm-hmm. when when you Truly. when whenever you hear like people that are in therapy what are you in there sharing you're sharing your secrets your family things, secrets things that you have held in that have kept you mentally and emotionally and mm-hmm. sometimes physically sick and then you start to harm the people around you who might not have even i mean they literally have nothing to do with that yes so I don't want to be rude, and I like people send me like links and say check out this podcast. But I don't really like to listen to podcasts with people I don't feel like <laughs> are smarter than me. Like I listen to that one, I listen to my leaks, I listen to This American Life and Serial mm-hmm. and a lot of true crime stuff, um, Wall Street Journal podcasts. Like I try to listen to people who are smarter than me, so you can get smarter, even right. even smarter, even smarter. I found it. What was it? What are you talking about? Joanne. Oh, God. Yeah. That thing had me. I mean, because I wasn't expecting it. And then she was like, all the Caucasians to the back. It looks much better. Did you see what she had on when the one Caucasian got up? No, what? Just all out of place, child. I mean, even though you work at Fashion Nova, like, girl, where are you going? Surfing? Like, what do you have on? Watch when she gets up and walks to the back. Just look at her outfit. You know me. That's the first thing I said. I'm looking. I'm looking. Watch when she Y'all have to excuse us because I got to see it. Watch when she gets up. <laughs> it's still funny. Oh, uh-uh. Immediately. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I never noticed that. I did. The first time I watched. I was like, she at work? You know what? It's funny because I was somewhere the other day and I was at somebody's job. <clears throat> Um, where I know that like it's a relaxed environment, but still I feel like the black people there feel like they have to, you know, dress a certain way still. And I watched all the other people who were not black in that, um, building at the time. And I'm just like, but they don't have to give it a second thought. I don't know. I don't want to get on there, but I just thought it was worth mentioning now that you pointed that out to me. Like we really are always trying to make sure that we are acceptable to other people. We always have to be two times better because we're going up against generations of falsehoods and stereotypes. Yeah. So we're that, trying to prove. Yeah. And it's a and it's a cultural thing and it's it's passed down because if you ask anybody, you know, like like, say if it was 10 of us in here and somebody said, you know, when it comes to us, we always got to do what when it comes to working? We got to be twice as good. Right. Now, to get half as much. Right. So like every, we all know we that, all culturally know that speaking. Because it, it it's, a, you know what? I'm going to save it, but I was going to talk about this. But it, it goes to kind of what I was going to talk about going forward in the episode. But it's basically lies that have been perpetuated to basically um, pacify white supremacy. For sure. So if, if you can believe these lies about me, if you can believe the stereotypes about me, I'm lazy, right. I'm promiscuous, I'm violent, I'm aggressive, I'm stupid. It makes it, it dehumanizes me to the point to where you can get away with stealing me from a from my continent and raping me. For sure. 
and eradicating my culture. Right. Because I'm not as valuable as you are. Right. And they have just continued. I was watching this um I was watching this YouTube video and it talked about the things that that Africans endured in slavery. And they they read some of the slave narratives and that type of thing, but there was this condition that has only been seen during the era of slavery mm -hmm. where slaves had worked so much to the point that their muscles separated. Oh yeah. Just separated. It's funny because I've seen that in a, a not a documentary, but something that was on the history channel before mm -hmm. I saw that. Just but we're, but we're lazy. Right. How? We're not. How are we lazy? Like, you know, so, but we, but we still in the year 2019 of our Lord, right. <laughs> we still feel that we have we to have do to. that. Right. And if we still feel like we have to do it, they still believe mm -hmm. that we're lazy. No matter how hard we work. You know, it's funny because I was having a conversation with a colleague of mine one day and we were just discussing how sometimes... Like, I know it's important to be highly intelligent, and I know it's important to earn your keep. But sometimes we work so hard that it makes them think that that's supposed to be the status quo for us. And sometimes, and I don't, I don't even know how this, like, how we're supposed to make this operate to our advantage, but I do believe it. That if the requirements are ABC for a job, and I get hired based on those requirements. If you are not requiring that my peers who do not look like me, whether they be male, Caucasian, or otherwise, do not have to go above and beyond those standards in order to keep their job. Like for me, I'll just speak on me. My whole entire life, ever since I've been in the workforce, I always felt like in order to keep my job, not to get promoted, but to keep my job, I had to do more than what was required. Right. You have to do more and you have to do it so good that nobody can say anything right. about what you do. Right. But in reality, and this is tough because we live in an at will state. So, you know, white supremacy, racism can come into play if you are just doing your job and you can still be let go. But in reality, whatever the job description says, whatever paperwork I signed whenever you brought me on board, unless, you know, we've had another meeting, I've gotten promoted, my responsibilities have changed, and we've all agreed, my pay has changed, I should be able to come in, just like my white male peers, and do the, the job that has, I've been asked to do and get my payment and go home every week. Period. Without fear that every week I have to go above and beyond or I might not have a job next week. And I'm, maybe all black people don't feel that way. I can only speak for me. Yeah, you know, at at my job, they, they like to refer to it as stretch opportunities, mm -hmm. which just basically means volunteer to do extra work mm -hmm. that we're not going to pay you for so that you can look good. Right, So in the hope that you might be recognized later down the line. And then when you ask for, you know, better compensation, they can't find it. Right. Woo, we went there. Um, hey, y'all, I know you've been listening for about a good, what, close to 15 minutes Really? Mm-hmm. I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. Y'all already knew that, though. This is episode 58 of the Culture Shock Podcast. So, before we get into any more content, because you know B and I can go, 
How was your weekend, B? What'd you do? Um, well, I went, was this Thursday? Because my weekend started a little bit early. So okay. on Thursday, I went to see an early um, screening of Little, mm-hmm. which was good. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I think that they did an awesome job um, conveying, you know, like black girl magic at its highest because yeah. Regina Hall's character is like a millionaire tech CEO. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed it. Um, everybody was just the styling was so good. The comedy, Regina Hall is an amazing comedian. Like, mm-hmm. she is very, very funny. Yeah. Um, and so I just really enjoyed it. Issa did a great job. Um, Luke James was in it. He was funny. So cute. And Justin Hartley, Kevin from This Is Us is in it as well. It's yeah. a very cute movie. It's one of those movies that I can see, like, buying it once it comes out, like, on DVD or Blu-ray or whatever. And just, like, it's just one of those movies you put on when you at home and just, like, it's like you just watch, like, it's your staple movie. Like, you can just watch it over and over again. It was really cute. Um, Marseille did an excellent job. Like she's so adorable. I'm so proud of her. And I just love how all of the grown-ups in Hollywood, the grown-up black women in Hollywood yes. have all been just rallying around her and supporting her. Um Molly from Insecure, I could never pronounce her last name, so I just call her Molly from Insecure. Mm-hmm. But I saw where she had basically started a challenge where she bought out a theater and then like pass it on to somebody else and then people were just going around buying out theaters for little so people did that with um black panther yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so it was good so i did that and then on saturday i actually went to an event at um this spot called be social mm-hmm. and it was a hand me the ox event and that was hilarious oh it was hilarious. Just by the title, I know I would love it. It was it was good. Um, you know, we they, there were some ground rules like of course you couldn't play any Nipsey Hustle because that's a cheat code. Yeah. Because nobody's gonna say pass the ox if you're playing Nipsey like right. so in order to keep it fair, like you couldn't do anything with Nipsey, however they did do like a Nipsey tribute, but you couldn't play any Nipsey. Um, you couldn't play the same artist more than once and you could only play like 45 seconds of each song. Like you had to be ready to switch it. So once the room got full, you know, it had to be more than just one person to say pass the ox. Like if one person said it, you could still keep it. And what started to happen is everybody in the room started to communicate because you're looking around to see, okay, am I the only one that want to hear this? And then if you see somebody, you like, pass it. So then both the girls are saying, pass it. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was just cute. It was a really nice event. I had a good, 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 good time. Um, And what else did I do? I think that's it. What did you do? Okay, so this was a really big weekend for me. Um, I think we definitely talked about this on the show and um, posted about it on our Instagram but I had my I finally had my Winston-Salem State University 40 Under 40 weekend. Ooh. So every other year, the university chooses four. Well, you can be nominated by your peers mm-hmm. um, from the university. And then they choose 40 individuals who are excelling in their professions, in their businesses, and in the community at large. Um, and I have been inducted into the 2019 class. Yay! And so I had an amazing time. On top of that, it's actually a fundraiser. So once you're chosen, I think the minimum requirement is $500 uh, for you to fundraise, which, you know, not too difficult based on the network of people who would be inducted into a 40 under 40 class, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, and so the whole the total goal is twenty thousand dollars. And we raised like fifty one thousand dollars total. That is so good. But the kicker is, um, the week of I was right. I, I had like four thousand by myself. Um, so I exceeded the minimum goal by a lot. And um, a peer of mine, well, friend of mine that I grew up with, his name is Sherrod Woods. Shout out to him. And um, we're both uh, Sanford natives, Sanford, North Carolina. We grew up together. We went to middle school and high school together, played in the orchestra together. We were on step teams. And then ultimately, we came to college together. Mm -hmm. We sang in the choir together, known each other forever. Our parents know each other and everything. Sherrod had raised uh, about a little over $5,000. Like, let's just say it was like $5,300. And the day of... People were just like coming through and donating, wow. and when it all uh, boiled down to it, right before the banquet. So every other year, there is a recipient of an outstanding giver award. Mm-hmm. This is the individual who's raised the most money. You know, you get up, you give a speech um, on behalf of the whole group, and somehow, your girl. <laughs> Pulled through so much so that whenever we came in, uh, Shira was like, yeah, did you know that, like, you've raised the most money? I'm like, so we just... so awesome. So, um, they, I think they had expected to call Shira up on stage, so they called him up, but they also called me up, and I was able to give a speech, and I told that story. I told Remnant, so the story about how we grew up together and how it was a a pleasure, but just... To know that there were 40 of us, we raised $51,000, and Sherrod and I raised almost $11,000 together that is crazy. of that $51,000. So you guys, what, like a fourth? Mm-hmm. Just you two? Close, yeah. Close to a fourth? hmm Dang. That's awesome. Amazing. That's a black excellence Okay, right there, because I am black, and I am excellent. Okay. I'm also smart and proud. Um, I look good. My family showed up and showed out, and that was on Saturday. My birthday was on Sunday. So happy birthday! Thank you. Yeah, girl, how you be keeping up with my age? I appreciate it. You be knowing. So, um, we were already up. My cousin Reggie came. Um, friend Mia, and we just you know went out to eat. My cousin Belinda came out, and we really got a chance to hang out. I mean, just one of those, I said we were parking lot pimping the whole night because we were just going around the different spots, having drinks, wings. I still had my ball gown on, girl. I was showing out. My makeup looked good. I didn't want to wipe it off. So we're just standing out in the parking lot laughing, joking, talking, playing music. And it was a really, really good way to bring in my birthday. And then I came back to Charlotte. Shout out to my friend Divine. I know I'm giving a lot of shout outs, but everybody treated me so well this weekend. Um, went to her house and watched Game of Thrones. Now, I know you haven't seen the new no. episode, so I won't do any spoilers. spoilers. I promise. I, I mean, have to, I've had to mute people. I had to stay off Facebook. I've been off Twitter because people who don't even watch it are trying to spoil it. Like, why yeah. are y'all so unhappy with yourselves? It's rude. It's Golly. rude. Like, you don't even watch it. And so, why do you care? Or people like, what's up with this? Why is everybody watching it? Right. If, if, if it's wanna, not for you, it's, it's not, not for you. you. If you want to find out, go watch the darn show. I agree. They have all the seasons streaming on HBO. Just go watch it. I agree. And, um, I mean, you are a Game of Thrones watcher, so you know the first episode of each season, this is the only gripe I have. 
Um, it's a with storytelling. People. Yeah, it and leads, so it's, it's like build up. you know that like so yeah. people have been complaining about how it was anticlimactic. I'm like the the goose eggs. The I mean the the little um Easter eggs and goose eggs. Easter eggs are in the first episode, so you have to pay attention. I watched it twice. I enjoyed it. Why Stop do you complaining. think that you're gonna get? A climax in the first. Then you're going to be disappointed in episode six yeah. if you get all, everything in episode one. Like, what do you want? Another red wedding? Oh, God, no. That broke my exactly. heart. Exactly. Okay. So. That was so stressful. It Girl, was. I had to go back and look at it like, wait, no. So, ain't nobody dreaming? Like, this is this just really happened. You know what's crazy? Oh, my God. That was just ridiculous. I'm going to say this, and then we can move on. But I went... So, before the episode came on, uh, we went back and we were watching old episodes. And I was watching that episodes when I thought in the beginning, in the very opening scene, it's Walder Frey standing up and yeah. he's like toasting to all the men that helped him kill mm-hmm. like the whole family, the Stark family. And um, he's like, yeah, you murdered these people and this son and blah, blah, blah. And, and then the uh, Walder says this thing about, um, uh, I can't remember, but like you leave one sheep or one wolf and they'll kill the sheep or something. And it turns out that mm-hmm. Walder was actually Arya. Mm-hmm. And so, but we don't know that yet. And mm-hmm. so when Walder and the girl, his wife next to him is getting ready to drink to the toast. And he turns to her and goes, I wouldn't waste my time not wasting good wine on a woman. Mm-hmm. It was because it was Arya and Arya didn't, didn't want to kill. Drink it. I did not notice that like once everybody started choking and dying. And and Walter turned into Arya, and Arya walks out of the the meeting hall. That there are two other women in there. Like there's so many, so yeah, none noticed, of the women. Yeah, none of the women. Yeah, I noticed that when I first watched. It was it. so. I mean, just if you she, ever go back and watch, it's so good because you you see so many other things. She is she. Right after Jon Snow, she's my favorite person. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to be crazy about Daenerys, but in the last um, she season, got bitchy. In the la- and it gets worse. And it, I, I, I'm not done with her, but um, yeah, I'm no. fully prepared for her to go. Yeah, she's she's she was real bitchy, and I love, I just love when women just work together. And the way, um, Lady Sansa mm-hmm. and Arya got Lord Baelish little finger out of here. I said yes. That's the way you. Do. That's that what is. your daddy do. What your daddy talk to you to do. do. That is so true Woo! because there's an expectation that women can't work together. And so even that's it, that was depicted even in that scene like Lord Baelish thought for sure that he had mm-hmm. that he had Sansa tricked cuz he thought that he was going to be able to pit them against each other and they're going to be bickering like their mom and that other cra- and her crazy sister. Yep. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Them sisters no, you're dealing, not with, you're dealing with the Starks for real for real. They're not having it. Yo. And I haven't, and you know what? But it was making me so upset because I was like, "Y'all cannot do this." Right. The you whole thought. time, yeah, I was like, "Y'all, this can, y'all cannot do this." If you go back and look at the scene where Arya goes into Lord Baelish's room and looks at the little scroll that's rolled mm-hmm. up, and he's watching her because you know he was trying to entice her to do that anyway. The look on her face when she reads it says, "This ain't it." Right. But you don't notice that because you're just. You don't uh, know until so you good. know. Yeah, you okay. don't know until you know. Game you of Thrones because they're not listening to this to talk about Game of Thrones. But okay, one more we're thing. Here. Yes. <laughs> um, y'all know we fans. Um, uh, but there is a hashtag going around uh, called Dem Thrones, D E M Thrones, 
It's hilarious, but I read an article on it um, this morning, and it is so good, and it just describes how, like, Game of Thrones... It talks about how black people really... A lot of black people aren't into Game of Thrones, and they're like, if you really understood contextually what it was about, or a view of it, then you would be. So they go through, and they break down each part, and they talk about how, like, it's American politics, and how... Mm -hmm. The Starks are these people, and this person is that person, but, and white privilege, and it is so good, y'all. But this is, they're like that now, mm -hmm. in contemporary times, like, they just would rather not deal. They even but you can't, you can't expect results unless you're ready to deal, exactly. unless you're re not necessarily play, and I'm not even saying like, okay, if you don't want to play that game okay but we as a community have to do something you gotta understand the game you gotta understand the game and and be able to basically like manifest and build your own to where the game doesn't doesn't even influence you right. or impact you like the asian community yes people they you don't see they, they don't, don't care vote. like you don't see them mm -hmm. they don't care because they have their own systems put in place that protects their culture and their community. Right. So, of course, okay, they don't have to worry about it. Right. But for us who are disproportionately affected negatively by politics, that's right. We have to. Yep. And so they they put it into perspective in this article, and it was like even if you, when someone's talking about American politics, if you don't fully understand it, if you watch Game of Thrones, like they talked about the White Walkers, and they talked about white privilege. They even talked about how the unsullied, because they were like, well, where okay if a person had never watched it, it was basically like question and answer. Mm -hmm. So it was like, well, are there any Negroes in it? And they they talk about the unsullied. They talk about the Starks being like our cousins or whatever. And how like even the unsullied were freed from their masters by a white savior, Daenerys mm -hmm. Targaryen. And um, then they chose to serve her even after being freed, like to, to the point of their death sometimes. And so, I don't know. It's worth reading. If you can find the article, it's like really good because it, it definitely coincides with real life. And it does because I think I mentioned this or I talked about this to somebody last week that, you know, we, that's all that we have been taught to do. Yeah. I mean, since that's what we were brought here to do. Right. And even now we still feel like, I mean, you know, I just think about like, you know, whenever you. Go off and you get a job. You know, they always say, make sure you get a good job. Yep. Or don't. I, I have been told by someone I love very much who is much older than me, like, you know, well, don't don't make don't make them white people on your job upset because, you know, you, you need your job. You need your check, which is true. I need it my check. True. But the, the mentality that, like, be fearful that you need to be quieter. And you need to just go along so that you can get your check on Friday. That's and then you it's just sad do that and dangerous. Right. It's sad and it's dangerous. And another thing, and then we're going to move on from Game of Thrones, but another thing that I saw in one of those, like, you know, theory threads and, mm -hmm. you know, articles about Game of Thrones is that it just shows, it, it shows how sometimes, and I'm not saying all the time because there are true allies, there are true white women For allies. Sure. There are, you know, people who um, actually use their privilege to put the spotlight on someone else. But the way that Masande basically 
waited on Daenerys hand, like ride or die and then you still pick Tyrion a, to be the right hand of the right. queen why you didn't pick Missandei right she's more than capable highly intelligent and she but, speaks several languages but isn't that what, what, what they do isn't that what happens you just name me man cause I just said that to somebody I just said that to somebody the other day Mm, anyway moving right along every week we get to tell you guys the good bad and indifferent we tell you what's going on in the world We've already been doing a little bit of that. Yes. <laughs> you tell us how you feel. I mean, well, we tell you how we feel about it. Um, you don't have to agree. We love hearing from you. We don't always agree, but hey, that's what this show is all about, right? Difference of opinions. Um, and so, where do we want to go first? Candace Owens? Oh. I'm going to let you have your girl. God. <laughs> I don't. No girl. I don't want to talk about her. Um, and I don't think we've ever really, really, really talked about her since we've been here. Because we try not to give her too much energy. Right. And really, I'm talking about Candace Owens because I want to, and and it's just odd because I, I haven't found myself doing this for people who aren't of color since all this Donald Trump stuff began. And I'm guessing, you know, for the first half, it's because the Republicans were in, in in power and so there wasn't anybody to really highlight. But to get into Candace Owens, I really just want to talk about three people quickly who I feel like deserve a hand clap of praise. Um, the first one being Katie Porter. She's a Democratic congresswoman from California. And if you saw her, um, it was a video going around of her on social media where she basically um, challenged the, um, I think he's, the CEO of J.P. Morgan about the living wage. And Mm -hmm. we've seen her several times calling people that are in the credit industries and the banking industries to the carpet about just the faultiness to the the systems that are in place that keep people in poverty. So I want to give her a shout out. Also, I want to give a shout out to Maxine Waters (laughs) for the way she handled Steve Mnuchin. Um... Last week in that finance committee meeting where he basically tried to tell her to bang the gravel, which I don't know what the gravel is, but that was a mess. And thirdly, um, I want to talk about Ted Lieu, who's a Democratic congressman from California, and he's actually um, behind this story with Candace Owens. So for some odd reason, um, the minority party, which is the Republicans, called Candace Owens to testify at a congressional hearing about white supremacy. Now, I don't know why you would think that she would be the best person to talk about this, but everything, and I'm not saying this is just with the Republicans because everything in politics is optics. Right. So I feel like they are they are trying their hardest to pander to whatever weird side of black culture that is caught up in this Republican right. bullshit. And they're just using her to do it. So um, they called her to talk about it. And what Ted Lou did while they were in this um, uh, hearing is, you know, he basically said, you know, I think that it's strange that she would have her to come here, given what she said in the past. And he pay- he plays this clip <laughs> of her basically saying that Hitler was an okay guy. Yeah. And just... We remember that. Yeah, and just throwing about all of these terms... That make absolutely no sense. And I just want I just want us as the black community to and there's really no better way to say this other than to just do your Googles. Wikipedia is free. That when it? people say things like 
you know, she said he was a national socialist. What the, what the fuck does that even mean? That doesn't make any sense. Then right. she said, well, it was fine. You know, nationalism is fine, but he wanted globalism. What? What are you talking about? Do you even know what these I terms was mean? Say she doesn't know. She does not know. And, you know, people throw around these words and put these negative connotations on them. And then people who are uneducated or people who, you know, believe everything they see on TV instead of reading it for themselves, they take these titles. And, you know, when you hear socialism, bad, you know, uh, uh, radicalism bad like right. you know like take the time to google these things that way you can have an intelligent conversation and know when you're being fed bullshit right so you know i just want to highlight those three people in the democratic um party who are in congress that i feel along with um aoc and ilhan omar people who are basically calling out bullshit because it, i don't feel like some of them are willing to do it so I just want to give props to them for doing it and basically making Candace and her dry ass, stiff ass swap look stupid on TV. Not her swap. That's a swap. That ain't a rap. Because they do not <laughs> rap all the way around. That was a swap. And she sounds like an idiot saying that the Democratic, yeah. um, I mean, the Southern strategy wasn't real. Like, what are you talking about? You make absolutely no sense. I want to know who her mentor is. Kanye West. Can, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Give me some. Kanye West is her mentor. Why he out here having fake church singing everybody else's songs? If you, boy, if you don't get, they having a good old stop time. Stop playing in my face. They having a good old time. Stop playing in my face. Okay, I don't want to see that or the potato sack robes. I'm no goodbye. That's a cult. You mentioned um, Ilhan um, Omar. Um, I don't have all the details, but I was skimming through an article that was talking about how, like, there are security uh, concerns for her recently. There are. So, y'all's dumbass president. Um, Language matters. Go ahead. What? Just as far as, like, Donald Trump is concerned, just like how um, Michelle Obama put in her book that, like, his rhetoric. Oh, yeah caused so much damage and put her family at risk yeah so he he basically took a clip of um ilhan omar and y'all i'm gonna quit saying this because y'all listen to the show long enough and you know you know we talk about the same people if you don't know i'm talking about you need to do your google but ilhan omar is the first muslim congresswoman from minnesota minnesota okay (laughs) minnesota um from minnesota to serve um and uh well in congress and basically what trump did is he took a clip of her speaking to this organization called care yeah and it is a muslim civil rights organization and she was talking about um the way that muslims were treated after 9 11 yes which she made the statement that this organization care came about after 9 11 and after after the initial speech it was then um made Oh, you know, the public was made aware that that organization had actually been in place since 94. Okay. So, of course, you know, the Republicans said that she was trying to, like, you know, throw people who had concerns about 9-11 under the bus and say, you know, it's it's she's basically calling people out and it's misleading and yada, yada, yada. So she has since mm-hmm. retracted and said, clarified her statements. So he takes that clip. And puts it side by side or right right in front of a picture of or video of the Twin Towers 
being bombed. What an ass. And then, but listen to this. To to put the icing on the cake, if any of you are on Twitter, mm-hmm. you know the significance of when you pin a tweet, a tweet right. to the top of your timeline. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. And so she has been, yeah, he pinned it. Can't, I feel like Twitter should, why can't Twitter suspend his account? I was just ready to say, at least, at least they can make him take that one down. They can suspend it and say you have to take that down mm-hmm. because I don't understand... Like, I think we need a, a complete overhaul, which, of course, we do. But we need a complete overhaul of how this whole damn presidency thing works. Mm-hmm. Because you should not be above the law because you're the president. Right. Like, you are basically inciting violence against her and, and most, her family. most presidents are not. This one just, for some reason, has been able to get away with everything he wanted to. It's amazing. And another thing that's amazing is and and this is this is my this is my one of my biggest gripes with the Democratic Party is because I am really hoping that we're being punked by the outrageous outrageous not what it's outrageous that's how mad I am today outrageous amount of nominees for president i hope that they have some type of plan because it's just ridiculous at this point and what i was reading today is that trump already has 81 million dollars at his disposal for his next campaign you know how much you know how much the most money a democratic nominee has how much out of all of them 18 million dollars i was I was going to be close. I said 16. Which is Bernie and then Kamala at 12. So unless y'all going to take all of y'all money mm-hmm. and put it into the person who gets the nomination and not pull a Bernie Sanders and wait to the last minute mm-hmm. and have all your followers going crazy. Mm-hmm. Like what's going to happen? Because they, girl, and then this is another thing. The average amount of money that he gets, $34. So that lets me know that it's these. Oh, Oh yes, they still, they still got his back. They still it does got not his matter. back. Even though everything that he does is a detriment to their own lives, their family, their posterity, their future here on this earth. They still got his back, girl. And y'all wanted to blackball Jesse for a lie. Get which, out of here. Which is Get what? Face. Which is what they were counting on. That's what <laughs> Donald Trump was counting on. He called them stupid, and they still voted for him anyway. So I mean, I don't know. I don't know what's gonna happen, but the Democrats are just. They 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 losing it right now. I, I don't know what could, I don't know what's going to happen or what could happen, but I'm just trying to figure out is there some type of master plan mm. for all of y'all to be running? My, I mean, I don't get it. My hope is. Have you heard any Republican ones? No. See what I'm that's that's no. what I'm saying. This is this is crazy. Which is crazy because knowing that the Republican Party, a lot of members of the Republican Party say that they're not with uh, what Donald Trump stands for, you would think that someone, someone, there would be some candidate unless their plan is to have a candidate do what Bernie Sanders did in the last minute and and, and, and that person is such a strong candidate that maybe they'll flip the whole Donald Trump thing on its head and have them win over the Democrats. I could totally see that happening as well. I don't know. So that we'll still have a Republican president next year. I mean, we almost halfway through 2019, and Joe Biden still ain't said nothing. 
I mean, I don't know. Do you want Joe Biden to say something at this point? I feel like it should have just been like, to be honest, it should have been like Bernie, Kamala, and Joe. And Joe. And let them go to the, pro- you know, debate, and then we pick one of those three. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want... Nobody. I don't want, um, you know... How can I put this without sounding like an asshole? But I just, just don't want just like this naive optimism. Like Beto was okay, but you you don't know what you're doing. You couldn't even win whatever it is you was running for. I need somebody who knows what they are doing. I don't know about anybody else, but I'm not optimistic at all. No, and he, you know, he just get. We have. We're gonna check. What are you going to right. do? What 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 can you show me that you have done to make me believe that you can actually do what you're saying you're going to do? Because although Barack hadn't been in office for 50 years, he had been doing good things in Chicago. He had won. You know, he he you could kind of get behind what he was saying, right. even though we weren't we didn't know 100 percent what, what was, was going to happen. Right. At least he has won something. Right. At least he had been in it long enough to to get some support and to you know rub some elbows and, and getting good with people. Like mm-hmm. I, I'm not throwing another four years behind somebody who don't know what we already done had that. Right. I don't want somebody who don't know what they're doing. And they won't cute. It was not. So I don't know. I just you know prayers up for um, Congresswoman Omar and her family, and I'm pretty sure they can pay. Secret Service or Secret Service can be following her, but it's just ridiculous at this point. True. That was a mouthful. It was, but it needed to be addressed. Agree. Um, what else is going on in the world? B. I saw, and I know that you saw this too, where Morehouse, um, which is an all male HBCU, is going to start admitting transgender students who identify as men in next year. Mm-hmm. And so. Um, they're able to do this under the new uh, gender identity administ- administration. <laughs> now I can't talk. Thanks a lot. It's contagious. The new gender identity admissions and matriculation policy. Um, those changes were made in 2017. And the vice president of enrollment management, whose name is um, Terrence Dixon, is quoted as saying, in a rapidly changing world that includes that includes a better understanding of gender identity. We're proud to expand our admissions policy to consider trans men who want to be a part of an institution that has produced some of the greatest leaders in social justice, politics, business, and arts um, for the last 150 years. And so, of course, as with anything um, or any amount of change or things that we're not used to, whether it's with gender um, or with... what. Um, race, religion, etc. A lot of people are upset about this. Um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised because I know how I know how people do. And my only thing is, I'm I'm just wondering. I mean, I'm not against anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering the real. I feel like the real. This is gonna be okay. I mean, yeah, of course. But what's gonna really get? interesting is is when people start going to these uh rushes and all this stuff to be in these fraternities that's what i'm interested in seeing because mm. they was that was already bubbling before 
the masses became more welcoming to trans people. It may be a while before. No, I, I, I can't put this on anyone in particular, but I feel like if this is just now happening in 2020, then it be, may be quite a while before you can go to the rush all you want to. But people might not accept them just because that's been the way of the world. That's the way of history where you make, you know, one stride in a forward direction and then feel like you get knocked back, too. But do you feel like it's right for them to not? Or do you you feel like do you feel like they would have and like say if that happened Mm -hmm. and someone wanted to make a case like this is discrimination if they if they found that it was truly discriminatory my thing is if your school is allowing or is is making it so that gender equality is a thing right mm-hmm. um i mean gender identity equality because we're not talking about gender equality per se and so if we're allowing for transgender males people who identify as males to begin going to morehouse Mm-hmm. And and if I was transgender and I wanted to go to Morehouse and I got accepted and I had the grades, I had the community service, I knew, you know, you're taking in what, tw- maybe 20 candidates this year or 15 candidates this year. I want I participate in the Student Government Association. Like, I've done my due diligence. I have a 4.2 grade point average or whatever. No way to grades, but you know what I mean. Um, If I've done my my due diligence on my end and I find that because people talk right and they won't be able to contain themselves to tell they're going to tell somebody that they've done something discriminatory yes I think that a case should be made because you guys are not in a position to say this person doesn't belong here because of this the school said they do that they do so let's abide by the rules. Right. Okay. Um, that's just how I feel about it. Y'all don't got to agree. But uh, I'm for people being free enough to do whatever it is they want to do. If they're not harming people, killing people, raping people. They're just out here being amazing. Um, what do I care? I, I want people to allow me the space to grow and be as amazing as I want to be in my skin. No matter you know what my sex is, what I look like, how I speak. And I want the same thing for everybody else. It's the right thing. Right. So we'll see what happens. But shout out to Morehouse. Um, what else? I know you've been wanting to talk about this because I've been wanting to talk about this. So we spent last show um, discussing Nipsey. Uh, we got a lot of feedback on that episode. A lot of people loved it. Um, lots of people were sharing their stories. And by the end of the week, Uh, We were able to see Nipsey's memorial service. And so, end of the week, people were just sharing their favorite parts of the funeral service. You and I were discussing this, and we were talking about how, obviously, it was obvious that they had a ceremony prior to this one for the family. You could tell because they were a lot more composed than I expected them to be. Mm -hmm. And so, I just, it's the best funeral I've ever been to in my life, B. Truly. so black beautiful it's so beautiful i want my funeral to be like that if you outlive me i listen i want a dj burn the place down if they don't do it girl i want a dj i want them to be up there cussing yeah. act like you normally would right if that's what you would have said mm-hmm. if i was here 
Go on and say it. Yes. Because funerals funerals are for the living. They are not for the... The dead is already gone. Right. They've already ascended. They've already transitioned. The funerals are for people. Mm-hmm. So, I don't care what you do. Right. Celebrate me. Cel- celebrate me the way that I would like. And I just got to say this one thing. And then we can talk about, you know, the actual meat and potatoes of the service. The service, right. I see so much slander of my girl Who? on these social media streets. Who? Janae Aika. No, what you're not going to do, because she sounded better than okay. every you. That's what okay. Whisper said. That's what she you're not going to do. She looked better. She kept yep. it together for cringe. Big. Y'all. Yes, she did. Okay, she, she represented. sang that song. So I am so I tired. I do not appreciate it, and I haven't seen not one thing, but which is, that just made me mad. People, you know, people try to go on Janae. And my thing is, I ain't never seen or heard a bad performance of Janae Aiko. Not never. Ever. Not never. And she writes her own stuff. Thank you. So and let's just beautiful. talk about that. So and she keeps it real. She put on for Nipsey and the city. She did a really good job. She looked nice in that dark blue pantsuit. It was just really good. I just had to get that off my chest because people be trying you, girl. And I what love are they saying? Them. You gotta they tell me. They just say me. that she can't sing and all her music sounds the same and she's always depressed. And I'm like, so y'all didn't hear 2088? That wasn't nothing but a whole bunch of... Girl. I mean, she had some raunchy, nasty songs on there. Let like, me tell you something. She wasn't, she, she wasn't sad on there. It's, like, funny what? You, it's funny that you say that because Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, the only albums I listen to aside from Parts of Chance the Rapper... It's 2088. I went back I and I, I just replayed that. I was playing Nipsey and a little bit of Chance. But I can't believe that they're saying that. Like, even when we went to um, Dreamville the other weekend and Big Sean was there. You know, they're not together anymore. Um, but he, they were. They were cute. They were cute. And you never know. Because we don't know what happened between them. And I know they were both going through things separately. But he praised Janae on stage so oh. much. And I was like, oh, like, I hope that that means that things, you know, that it was mutual, that they ended okay. Well, yeah, she posted. Did you see where she had posted, like, this long thing to him Mm-mm. on social media? And I guess, you know, because of everything that's going on, she was just like, I just want you to know, like, before I leave this earth, that I love you. You make me sick. But, you know, I don't wish you nothing but the best. Mm-hmm. Like, she posted that. So, I'm, I'm hoping and I'm assuming that it was amicable. But they make some good music because they have been making music way before 2088 which i guess is how the um the idea came up they make some good music and janae and see this is what y'all this is what people don't be understanding they leave her alone. janae is even more. a songwriter yeah so it don't matter if she sing Mm-mm. she don't she gotta play. sing because she can just go on and live the rest of her life and write for other people That's but right. the fact that she can sing and she stays in her lane and she does what is true to her whisper singing whispers i love it I say that as a, a term of endearment. You know I call her my whisper singer. And you know I love Janae Aiko, so don't do me. Okay, but anyway, let's get off Janae. But Ooh. the funeral was good. I, I I saw a lot of interesting things okay. happening. Uh, happen. Happening. Why can't I talk? <laughs> we have had no wine. <laughs> what is wrong? Um, a lot of interesting things happening while the service was going on, like with people live tweeting and stuff. Yeah. The first thing, I seen people feeling away because Minister Farrakhan spoke, which I was like, 
Why are y'all mad? I thought that his speech was really good. I thought that his speech. Somebody said that he called him Nipsey Russell. I don't know if that was. I didn't. I didn't see Farrakhan's speech. I did. So I he did say something about Nipsey Russell, and then the crowd started mumbling. He said, "I said it right." And then, so he did. But I'm gonna tell you, the first time he said Nipsey Russell, he meant to say Nipsey, Nipsey Russell, Russell, the real Nipsey Russell. Yes. And then he said, "I said it right." And then he tells the story or whatever he meant by it. And then I think as he was getting ready to do his wrap up, he said Nipsey Russell by accident. But he meant Nipsey. But he Hussle. meant Nipsey Hussle. But come on, like but I'm not trying to give him. Yeah, he got his name from there. He mentioned Nipsey Russell on purpose in the speech, so I see how it was easy to get um, mixed up. And I don't be trying to give people this excuse, but I do. Like think about how old Farrakhan is. Leave That's that man alone. Man. He be in the hospital all the time. And since Nipsey died. Or passed away. He's been out in these streets. He's been meeting with the community. Um, the nation came out for Nipsey. Showed up. Um, they, they, I mean, and I they think he would have wanted that. He would have. Like so, for I don't. Sure. I don't know what the problem is. Um, but I did see someone, and this is a tweet. This is not. This is not for me. And I'm quoting. This is word for word. Um, one tweet that I saw, and this is from someone who works for Vogue, so this is not like somebody who just a nobody. Um, they said, Farrakhan is homophobic and sexist. Why overlook that to have him deliver a message about unity when he doesn't practice it? <laughs> I said, you know what I said? Girl, we're not going to do Farrakhan today. Yeah, we, We're not going to do not him. Gonna do that. We, because that is, one, that is something that has gotten on my nerves. Even with the... With the even when it was like with the T.I. and the cut, well, you didn't do, why? Right. Oh, can, can we my ad- gosh. People do that so that we don't have to address the situation that we're actually talking about. <sighs> it burns me up. Like, it's cool. Like, I totally understand because we talk about those same issues here on this show. Like, we don't like sexism. We don't like racism. We don't like bigotry. Like, all of that is important, but it's also important to tackle things. So if you're in the moment while yeah, they're there. So if you're using that as a diversion for us not to tackle this, then I have a problem with it. Right. So what about ism? Yeah. Um what else was that I wanted to say? Oh, another thing that I saw that people's feathers got ruffled was Miss Angelique Smith and her African spiritual science, okay, up on the live TV. I loved it. Calling the ancestors and pointing out her libations. I, I it, was it. it was my favorite part. It was Thank you, mine It was my too. favorite part. I was, it was my favorite part. I had said, I was like, my favorite funerals have been when people, like, honor, call upon, um, invite the ancestors in. It changes the dynamic of the whole ceremony. And can I say something? Yeah. For, and I, and I can only speak to what I've witnessed. Mm-hmm. So, the people that I have seen that have witnessed that, and it's, and it's been primarily people directly from Africa, mm-hmm. or you know, people who have a, who have strong cultural ties still to Africa, mm-hmm. and people who are Creole. Mm-hmm. And if you notice. That those communities are so tight knit. Not only that, but the personalities of of those people a lot of times are, and I'm not gonna sit on the show right now and do a whole comparison between like Christianity per se and that. But look at how beauty before you knew that before you before she stood on stage and said that, 
we talked at length for days about how beautiful her personality was how wow now we understand why nipsey was such a beautiful person if like this was his mother um just about like her her calmness like her spirit all of that so if that is directly connected to what she practices now why do you have a problem with it maybe because that's not what you're used to Mm -hmm. i have a problem I i take issue with it yeah because i don't see anything wrong with what she did right that's her son. So if you, I, I, right, and <laughs> that's her son. Not like, only that, that may don't owe y'all nothing. Not only that, but if if you're talking about, and you know, if we want to talk about like people looking down on us from heaven or whatever, what's the difference between that and, and like calling? Angels? Yeah, and, and yeah. like calling on lineage, those same people looking over us. It's uh, the yeah. same concept. I I watch a YouTuber who is like. You know, highly religious mm-hmm. Christian and child just about sent, made his head explode. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm like, calm down. I've run into several people um, who watched the ceremony who loved everything about it except for that too, and it and, and all of the ones who are specifically Christian, it was like they just almost turned into different people when talking about it, down to like their body language, the scowling, the scoffing. Intolerance. Right. And so intolerance. And you what know kind what of Christian sh- does that make you? I was then? about to say, that's exactly what you should you should ask them. What would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. Because this is the question that I have and that I don't really struggle with it because I know the answer. But this is a question that I would like to pose to people who feel a way about this is how can we say, you know, that you, our culture was stolen from us mm-hmm. and that we want to learn about Mother Earth and you be connected that, to me. Mother Africa, but not that. But not that part. Not that part. Right. We don't want that because blonde hair, blue eyed Jesus told us. Wife. That's right. And this is what, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. Not to say that I don't believe right. in Jesus, but... How can you, how, because at that point, we're like pilfering and plundering. Mm -hmm. We're like colonizers. We're taking what we feel is good and using it for our own, but not accepting everything that comes with this, this continent of people. Mm -hmm. That's just the way I feel about it. Um, Another thing I want to address, and then if you got other parts that are good than you, but you know. I wanted to turn my TV off and watch you got up there. Like, I know, I know that that's, you know, but I was cringing the entire time. YG's part is the only part I missed. What what happened? What'd he say? You know he problematic AF. So he gets up there, and I don't know what he was talking about because I was trying to, just trying to, just really <laughs> that part. Um, but he says something about, yeah, you know, me and Nipsey... I don't know if he said Nipsey said this or whatever, but some kind of way they were in conversation. It was like, yeah, man, we got to keep it, get our itch together because we got some pretty little light-skinned girls. Daughters, the pretty little light-skinned daughters are raised. So, you know, they was frying him up. I'm so glad I missed that. Yeah, he did. And for people, and this is for people who were shocked or I was not no people who were shocked or appalled or I seen you know people saying well he was nervous he know what to say okay I can give you nervousness if we didn't have the 
Exhibit A here. <laughs> Exhibit A from YG is a song entitled Grind Mode. Mm -hmm. I knew you were going to say that. And in Grind Mode, he raps, and I quote, Nigga can't stand no black ass bitch. Mm-hmm. End quote. Drops mic. Now, those were his words. Those were his Not ours. Now, that's what the man said. Right. So... Problematic AF. I do not like YG. Like, I can go on record and say And before this. We've talked I'm, about YG on the show before. Listen, it's the, it's the ancestors mm -hmm. told me from that first concert mm -hmm. where I was out there and all of them white chillings mm -hmm. was going ham for my nigga, my nigga. They and I really just were. could not take, I could not take it. Mm -hmm. Then we get to whose concert? Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar, and he got full wide stripper poles. I'm just like, what is going on right. here? Like an old, like an old school Uncle Luke concert. Only when you were going to an Uncle Luke concert, you knew what to expect. Like we came to see Kendrick do damn and dram. Right. I don't know what it didn't fit in. It did not, and I was just like, see, this is why <laughs> I I am confused. But that was the only, to me, the only cringe worthy part. Um. I, I was just like he can he can go, but Snoop Dogg was awesome. Yeah, I love Black Sam. Black Even Sam was good. Too, the pastor man. at the end was good too. Mm -hmm. So he was at the beginning too. See, I missed the very beginning. Um, who was um? Are you talking about the one who did the Lord's Prayer at the end? Or are you talking about like the pastor who had been in and out the whole time? I don't know Shep. Okay, in Shep and out Crawford. the whole time. Yeah. yeah, he he did really well about you know just basically driving home that. You know, you take the the victory lap after the battle was already already won, and so it's just kind of like, yeah. you know, it, it's not a coincidence that this is his. You know, and of course, it's not his first album. You know, he's had many mixtapes right. and CDs, but this is his first. You know, mainstream release mm -hmm. album is nominated for a Grammy. Like, why would he name the first one Victory Lap? Right. Like that's that's when you already won. At like the end. so. Wow. It's already he he did what he was assigned to do. Right. I I ooh. So it, that's just a hard pill to swallow because I can literally imagine all of the things that that Nipsey had time for in his young life. Ooh, it just gives me chills. Like he did, but I get it that he he made a huge impact and like even in his death. Um, I don't know, B. I, I don't think it'll ever sit right with me. That's all. No, I'm it saying. doesn't sit right with me, but that right. did. I think that provided a little bit of comfort. Right. Because it is what it is. Right. Like. So I, I think that um I think that a lot of what you liked about the funeral I did too. Um, I love my favorite parts were uh, Black Sam and. Um, Nipsey's mother dancing when Marsha was on stage. Mm -hmm. um, I think Marsha didn't do a great job, but I think she was really emotional based on like some of the other posts that she's posted because she said she had recently been on stage with Nipsey, that same stage or I think so. Anyway, don't don't quote me on that, but on stage with Nipsey performing and you know that we were working on some other stuff and I just think that people were emotional. But the cheering, the DJ, the singing, the rapping that went down. The fact that um, Lauren London pulled out her inner Nunu at the end of her yes, speech. 
Um, his daughter got on stage and she was not having it. She was like, Mm-mm. like she turned her back to the whole audience like it wasn't a, a stadium full of people. I totally get it. But later you see her in the car with the render roll down, like with her arms out yes. the car, rapping her daddy's she lyrics. Too. She does. Um, his mom dancing in the car. She's you can see her tap the window, like roll my window down. Mm-hmm. And so people are like recording her and they're dancing. And I just know they have a really strong family structure. And that they're going to be okay. And I hope that um, Crenshaw continues to represent for Nipsey the way that, you know, he will want. I don't, I'm sure you saw that. Well, I know you saw it because we've um, posted it on our Instagram. And you guys can go see that. Um, but Nipsey's memorial court is finally completed. It's beautiful. It's in the Crenshaw district. Um, and they, they painted it in his honor. And I just, I wouldn't even mind going there to see it, you know, with my own eyes. Very beautiful. Did Go you ahead. see Boozy trying to trying to say whatever he was saying? No, girl, no. Talking about y'all won't even buy somebody's CD, but as soon as they gone, you want to wear that shirt to get clout off their neck. I already addressed that last oh week. Oh, my already, God. I addressed I that said, last week. I said, you're just mad because nobody want to buy nothing of yours. And furthermore, <laughs> people, people were buying Marathon. They and were. Some people who are buying it who just didn't know about Nipsey before now, but they know now. And that's all that matters. Right. But, right. Yeah. Um, but it was a beautiful yeah. service. Yeah, uh, so I do want to say a couple more things about Nipsey. I know we already did a whole episode on him, but Carrie Lathan um, was shot in the back outside of the Marathon store at the same time that um, Nipsey was shot. You guys know that there were two other people who um, had wounds. He was taken to the hospital, treated and released. But Lathan was out on parole after serving 20 years in prison. And since he was a felon, um, he was arrested in the past week, rearrested in the past week at the halfway house where he was living for associating with Nipsey. Now, Nipsey is dead. This has made national news. You know, he, he didn't pass away based on anything that he had personally done. And they weren't doing anything and illegal. They weren't doing, he was going to get him some clothes. So he could be presentable for his family. Exactly. All because Nipsey is a, um, was a member of the rolling sixties Crips and, Late, as far as I know, now he may be out, right? I'm sure he's out by now. But Latham was in um, the men's central jail in downtown L.A. He's still in a wheelchair because of the shots, um, because, you know, of his wounds. And like you said, like, he was invited there by Nipsey to give him some new clothes. It's literally the only reason he was there. And I just think it's immature and it's despicable. And I understand what the rules are, but they've been the rules for people who have money all the time. And I think that there are some situations in which you just show some compassion and that not that you look the other way, but the man was shot just going to get some new clothes, some free new clothes that he probably couldn't afford because he just got out of prison. Right. And his old friend wanted to hook him up, so... Um, definitely going to keep my eye on that story. I, I have full faith that, um, Carrie Lathan is going to be fine, that enough people, enough lawyers, even, you know, having to do it pro bono will rally around him. If, um, the man who shot Nipsey can have a, a good lawyer, then I know that, uh, somebody can come and represent Carrie Lathan. Yeah. So, and, um, one of the last things I want to just address right quick is, um, screw Laura Ingram. I don't want to mention her dumbass. Her little co-host on uh, Fox News for speaking of YG, playing YG um, and FDT. 
and then while laughing about it, like trying to say that that was Nipsey Hussle, and then like laughing while they're talking about a story about him passing away. Yeah, that's crazy. It's disrespectful. It goes back to what I said. As long as they can keep these stereotypes in their mind, mm-hmm. it doesn't. Okay, so a black man got killed, so right. It doesn't matter if it's he was funny. famous and if he mattered to the community. It, it's funny. Like, oh, he was a crip. Like that, you don't really even know what that means, right? But like, because oh, he was a gangbanger. Is what they hear to protect us from right. people like you, right? We both rolled our eyes. <laughs> the last thing is, um, I know we talked about uh, Kodak Black, and as an update, just want to let y'all know. Shout out to you them them streaming, that streaming dropping, that streaming is dropping. He's losing money after disrespecting Lauren and, and um, Nipsey after his death, uh, which we discussed. So, as he that's, should. That's how you do it. And not just with Kodak Black, but that's how we should do. You know, everyone who we feel disrespected by as a community. Child, I don't know why anybody was listening to Gizmo to begin with, but child. You know, usually I'm not for name calling, but you know what? Moving right along. I don't care. He the one said it, that. Uh, talking about dark-skinned women and this and that. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm talking about you, Gizmo. Why is Issa Rae not coming, uh, uh, Insecure not coming back until next year? Because we going to all be incapacitated from Game of Thrones. Fact. And Issa must be um, busy getting coins other other places. And it's going to take some serious thought about how they're going to move forward with everything. Fact. Because Lawrence has got to be on the show. That's true. I love Lawrence. I'm not saying he's got to be with her. Right. But he, he has to be on yeah, the show. Yeah, like he's, it's better when Lawrence is. He's a staple. Is, yeah. You're right. So I'm just, you know, interested to see how they work around and how everything comes into fruition. So the break maybe plus Issa's been busy. She's got all this ish going on. I see where she movie. Um she did some she was doing like a music series. I was watching Jasmine Sullivan was performing. Like, she knows a lot. She's about to get married. Yeah, she is about to get that's you know what? So fair. They they need take your time. They may need some time to rework and regroup and make sure they can come back mm-hmm. better than ever. I mean, Game of Thrones did it. Yeah, that's true. And we waited. And patiently. we waited. So, we'll see. Fact. Um, what else? Oh, speaking of TV, I read some good news. Um, Lena Waithe. Mm-hmm. I love her. Lena Waithe has a comedy called 20s that's been picked up by BET. Um, I think I feel like we talked about BET on the, the show recently, too, and about, about content. and Yeah. And so, um, she's also joining Westworld Season 3, um, and of course, she is the EP on Boomerang, alongside Halle Berry. So, shout out to Lena for just continuing to break barriers and keep it moving. Like, she's really working. They are, these black women are really working, and I feel inspired by them. They're doing anything. Did you see the Lion King trailer? You know I did. <laughs> you know I did, and cried. Cried? Because I'm ready. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Beyonce. Scary me. Beyonce. Cry tears. You are a hater. And I want you to go to God about that. Okay. Courtney is not a hater. Courtney because be keeping it real. B, then it's okay to cry. We can't Courtney sit be on, gangster. We can no. You you Courtney be a G. No. I ain't crying over no lying king. Bruh. Until Mufasa died. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you took the words out of my mouth. I was like, now when that Mufasa cloud come rolling around, oh, God. I don't want to see. No, I don't want to okay, see. No, the ancestors. See? Oh, yeah. See what I'm saying? I see. Listen, I was with you from don't the beginning. Don't be picking and choosing which part of the spirituality you want, sis. 
Okay, do you want all or none over here, cuz? All or ma'am. <laughs> are, are you from LA? I can't be for the with the right one. Okay. You wanna be from LA? Ma'am. I'm just saying. Congratulations are in order to Tiger Woods. Yes, even though you know he's goblin Asian, but his license say black. It's funny we though. Ain't forgot. Because back in the oh, we sure have we it. Have not I, forgot. Every I, time. Re- I I give credit where credit is due. He is a sports icon. It's Tiger Woods, but bruh. What that license say? <laughs> that license said black. But Negro. it's funny because now that I've been looking at clips, there's this clip that's going viral um, from when he was really young, and he and they were asking like what his goal was, and he was talking about like wanting to, um, you know, achieve the Masters. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember verbatim exactly what he said, but he basically says something about like because they kept the blacks out. Or keeping the blacks down or something like that. So, Aww. to hear that, and then, like, later on, he's like, you know, I'm not black. You know I'm not black, I'm OJ. You know what it was? Money, 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 money. I thought you were going to uh. say, money. I thought you were going to say, white girls. Mm-mm. But I do want to make mention that um, this is his fifth Masters. Mm-hmm. After 11-year drought, it makes him the first. He was the first were the youngest person to win the Masters right. in history. And now he's the second oldest to ever win it again. And, you know, he had that whole divorce, getting beat up by the wife. He had a bunch of back surgeries. He was hooked on narcotics. He had a DUI. It was just, it got bad for you, boy. He, yeah, it did. He, he got they his, were worried. He got his, um, I can't remember which comedian said this, but he got his nigga wake-up call. Right. It, it it came with a vengeance. Yes, it did. All at um, once. All at all once. once. <laughs> it just it was just like a snowball. Like, oh, right. oh, you Cobbling Asian, we about to show you. Right. For the old and the new. But anyway, um, good, good, good for him. Like, I don't have nothing bad to say. It, he, it is what it is. Congratulations. But I had to throw that in there by the license because that was hilarious. You know that um that video clip where they're showing him a montage of people saying that he's never gonna you know be able to do it again. Usually those things are good because at the end the person watching does something or says something smart or clever or smiles or something like that. <laughs> Tiger looked like he was on the verge of tears listening to those people say that, which is hurtful. I, I can see I it being it. hurtful, so it kind of hurt my soul to watch him. Like at the end, I was expecting him to do what the people normally do, but I was like, "Oh, like it is sad." Like, and I probably believe hurt it because um, there were reports going around that, like during this last championship, he like it was a because I think he was behind at one point. He was. It was a huge comeback. Yeah, he was behind, and so they were saying like he would like when they would take breaks, whatever, he would go in the bathroom. They said they could hear him in there, like, basically fussing at himself. Mm-hmm. Like, beating himself up about it. I can it. imagine that. And did you see the pictures of the people on the crowd? In the, it, well, on the um, on the grass, like, on the green, it was some, it was a guy. And once he got up to, I don't know which hole it was, He the guy had on this white t-shirt and had a huge picture, that mugshot picture on his shirt right there. Like, when, yeah, when Tiger was walking by and somebody stopped the picture and you could see it. Why would you do that? Like, why come t- to watch him play? To do that. It's kind of like when people pay for concert tickets and then they go and sit in the front row just so they can boo and, ha- uh, ha- you know, haggle people. Throw water. Haggle. But my thing is, Tiger, them was your people, though. Bloop. 
Cause none of us, we didn't do that. First of all, we don't go to golf. <laughs> we don't do golf that and much. Furthermore, I'm not wearing, I'm not paying my money, my hard on coins to, for a shirt like that. No, then you gotta be quiet. You know, black folks like to, to yell and stuff. Right. You, you can't be doing all that. Right. So, anyway, shout out to you, Tiger. Yes. And yes, uh, yes, yes. I, I hope that he's happy, like as a human being. Like, those things matter to me. I don't care if you're. Joe Schmo off the street or like if you're my favorite artist or favorite comedian or actor or whatever I'd be concerned about people and their, their well-being every now and then I'll be like I wonder how so-and-so is doing and I always get asked like why are you even concerned about their people that those people they're rich I'm like but they're still people they're still people and he looks bad he looks like he's had some sleepless nights he probably has so sheesh I mean you and you never know how low people can get so any win especially a huge win like this i feel like it's gonna it's gonna serve tiger well well i hope so because they're on the flip side of that there are people who can have a major win like this and go home to no one and still be devastated this does not matter more than love and you know the attention that you know any human being would need and just the adoration of the people that you love. You want them to love you back, you know, and, and real friends, not people who are around because you have money or because you won the Masters or because you won an Oscar, you know, depending on who you are. That stuff My does friends, not matter. real friends better than your, your friends. friends. Exactly. <laughs> you feel me. I just remember when I was growing up and I used to see Tiger all on TV when he was younger. He was on Oprah. Like, I remember all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Him and his dad. Him and his dad, and then Venus, Serena, and their dad. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't know. Is there anything else? There's so so many things that happen in the world every week. I hate. I feel. I feel like we walk away from the table leaving out a lot, but you know we can't talk for three hours. No, we can't talk about everything. Y'all got to do y'all googles. But I would like to say this: if there is something that you feel like that's lacking, or something that you guys want to hear, and you feel like we didn't address. If you tell us, we will go back and address it for you. Facts. Yeah. Um, because we can't we can't get to everything. Like, I had to stop myself. I get to, like, three or four things. I'm like, okay, that's it. Because I never know what, you know, you're going to add or what we're going to elaborate. Or, you know, it can snowball into some other whole nother different combo. Right. So, I try to keep it to three to four big things that I feel like are important. And I try to not only do the ratchet stuff and the you know music stuff like i i think that it's important to talk about real issues not that those things aren't but i mean we are more than just who got the hottest trap song out like we're more than that fact so they get their feel you get the meat and the potatoes and the cheesecake over here over here. Red velvet cheesecake. That's the only kind I like. I mean, okay, fine. Dang, some cheesecake would be good right about now. I mean, you know, I got some for my Ooh. birthday or whatever. I might share if you be good. Without I mean, the you strawberries know. on top. Do we got them strawberries? Next time, NMB. My bad. Oh. Anyway, um, so every week we, you know, try to pick a topic. A lot of times, like, we'll center it around something specific, whether it's, you know, politics or, um, you know, something about race or we try to give you guys like good information every now and then I feel like we give content based on something that you can take to feed your soul and I feel like this is one of those things um was talking to me and we kind of stumbled on this conversation about friendship 
mm-hmm. support, and then like business and and the intersection of all of that. And so, just kind of want to talk to you guys a little bit about first of all, like what friendship looks like to you. What what does friendship look like to you, B? And it can be, you know, abstract. Um, to me, I feel like friendship is being able to not only like support and lift up and cheer for people when things are going well, but being able to be that shoulder to lean on in the ugly moments. Right. Um, because I find that those are the those are the things that I remember most. Right. I remember when I felt all alone or I felt like, you know, something may have been going on in my personal life that I couldn't tell anybody. But right. knowing that I have someone that I can like we talked about the secrets. I can tell my secrets to. Mm-hmm. Like I have two friends that I mean I don't care what I did. Mm-hmm. I don't care what it was. It could be crazy. It could just be outrageous. It could just be like people will look at me like I was crazy and I have no problem telling them this is what I did. Yeah. And knowing that they're not going to care. It's not going to go anywhere and they're not going to treat you any differently. Right. And if if I have an idea or a business like knowing that they're going to be the first ones to support me and the first ones to fight. Right. Like, cause I feel like if, if you ain't trying to buck, you ain't my friend because I'm going to fight. <laughs> well, what if somebody is not a fighter? You better, you better grab a ponytail or hold a bag or something. You can't let me get jumped. <laughs> right. For sure. You know what I mean? Like I need, you know, because I'm that person. So it's just, and, and now not all of my friends are like that. Yeah. But I have one that is. So I just I just know that like, okay, I know I'm that way for other people. And I know I at least got one somebody that's like that for me. Like, you know, being able to call on somebody in your time of need. Like when you like knowing that you have somebody that when you really need something, they're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna find drop a way to the get stuff it. and come. Yeah. I agree. I feel like that's what friendship is. I, I I will co-sign. I subscribe to that same definition. Um, I the so not that it's different than the way you think, because you may also think this way as well. Um, I try to assess like your capability to be my friend on who you are and how you operate. Right. Mm-hmm. So everybody is not the same. I don't expect to gain the same thing from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can have the same French uh fervor of friendship in my friendship with you as somebody else even if the two of you operate differently. Like, I have one friend who does not always know what to do if I'm sad, right? But she will be in the room, and she is comfortable in my silence. And that is golden for me, right? It's like, not to associate that person with a puppy, but you know how, like, you might have a puppy and you're sad and they know when you're sad. They can feel it. Yeah, they They're can't so say connected. anything. They can feel it. Right. And so they can't say anything, but they'll come and they'll sit next to you and they'll try to claw at you and you'll be mean to them. And they don't and care. They don't care. And then you fall asleep or maybe you lay in there crying and they'll lay right up under that couch area while you lay there. And every now and then, if you rustle a little they bit, they'll look. get up and look. Right, and so there are friends like that. There are friends who I might be sad, and they'll be like, who did it? Where are they? Where do they can folks stay? We're going. Mm-hmm. Get in the car. I don't care. Grab your tissue. You know, and so I assess, like, 
I, I just allow people to be who they are. And as long as you have my back, it doesn't matter what your personality is or what you're offering as long mm -hmm. as it's positive. Um, so that I don't put people in a box. Now, I, I will contend that everybody who supports me isn't necessarily my friend per se, although... A big part of fr friendship, and you and I talked about this, is showing yourself showing yourself friendly. Yeah, in order to have a friend, you must first be friendly. Exactly. You so, have to be friendly. So a supportive friend is someone who, or or support system might be someone who, you know, connects with me to collaborate. Like I have a talent, you have a talent, and we want to make some money together, right? And so you're saying my name, and say so this is this is important for me, especially this year. And I don't mean 2019. I mean, I just had a birthday and I have just decided that these are the, the relationships I want to operate in, in this year of my life, where if we are cool, or if you say that you're a part of my support system and you are in spaces, you know, I want or need entry into, mm -hmm. I need for you to be making those connections. And I have found myself on over the last few weeks leading up to this, as I've begun to meet people, who could work with other individuals? I have nothing to do with it, but I may I've been making introduction emails for weeks and I'm like, okay, what is this about? And then just last night I was thinking, well, I'm creating the energy that I want to come into my life based on my relationships, support system, and friends. I want people saying my name, like, oh yeah, like I have this friend, or I know this young lady, or you know, there's this podcast, you know, they can do this. That is a big part of support. It is. Liking, sharing. Like, you know, that's like for me, because I have my own business. Like, it's not always like you have to buy something. But if you share it, mm -hmm. if you tell somebody else, mm -hmm. like, you know, that stuff matters. Yeah, right. Adding adding people, um, taking pictures so that yeah. they can repost. Um, yeah. I see you do that a lot, which is really good. Um, yeah, I is try it because people enjoy it? And yeah, I they enjoy do. It, too. <laughs> it is, and and other people like to see that. Mm -hmm. Um, and so then for you, is there a difference between business relationships versus your friendships? Cause, yes, because that's huge. And yes. I think that it's possible to be friends in business. Sometimes I think it works better for a lot of people if you develop the the business relationship first and you become friends. Because there are some people that are so tight that decide to go into business together that it just doesn't work out. Right. Um, and that's something that I've had to that I've had to learn too. And it's not that I don't want to be friends, but I feel like with just my job, I. I give a lot of my reserve, a lot of my energy, a lot of my empathy. I give so much out. Mm -hmm. So it's just hard sometimes to try to be best friends with everybody you do business with. Like you, I can't. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. And sometimes you just want to pay people to do a thing. And, and let then, that be it. Right. <laughs> like, I don't want to hang out. I don't want to have these long, exhausting conversations. Like... I just want to pay you to do your thing and let you do your thing. And then I go. go. Um, and it's not that I'm not friendly. It's just that some things are just business and some things are personal. And like you said, if, if it organically happens and it doesn't feel like something is being forced or, you know, that type of thing, then 
then that's okay. But, right. you know, I think that, as we talked about before, people think that just because you're providing a service, we got to be buddy-buddy. No, we don't. Right. You just need to do what I'm paying you to do. You need to be courteous and timely. That's it. Girl, you better say that Please and thank part. you. Holla at you. Send right. me your invoice. Gotta go. Like... <laughs> That's, send me your invoice that's it right like we don't need nothing else now if it organically happens if we have a lot in common we're having a good conversation right. we want to be friends i'm totally okay with that happening naturally and organically but i think that you know i hear people say that well i don't want to do business person because i don't like her well i don't want to do this you try i'm trying to get money like <laughs> you know now there are some people that i legitimately know that are in business <laughs> that i just would not want to work with in any capacity and it's just because I just don't like the way they operate it has nothing really to do with the business it's just that I don't like backhanded stuff cattiness right you know stuff that seems shady or like you might be hating on the low I don't want to attach myself with that right but just because like, uh, maybe our personalities don't mesh, yeah. mesh too well it's like well but the, is the service good like, exactly is the product good exactly um and I think that that people get a lot of that mixed up like well this person doesn't seem like we could be cool so no I'm not fooling with them that and might it make have, the best business relationship right, because it's though. nothing personal right cause you already know yeah but she I mean her product yeah. is good right she like, gonna be on time and I'm gonna produce uh, this well and, and it that's works it. I, so, I agree yeah I think that um, the business and friendship can get rocky mm-hmm. and especially if you know you have someone who is type A and another person who is more like laissez-faire about things because then the type A person may feel like they're doing everything. Like, mm-hmm. and, and if that's not your friend, it's easy to say, okay, what are we going to do? Because we, we're going to have to cut ties because you're not doing what you need to do and I don't have time for this. Right. And then that's it. But when it's your friend... You're trying to give them an opportunity to get it right. Right. Which can basically damage the business and ultimately the friendship overall. Right. So you just have to be cautious about going into business with friends and putting your expectations on the table first. This is what and what you're capable of doing. This is what I'm willing to give and I can't give any more. Right. Is this going to work? Right. Are you going to pick up the slack? Are you going to be willing to do X, Y, Z? Will I do ABC? Mm-hmm. If not, ain't no point in us even... Because I've been in a situation, I almost went to business with somebody and could not. And I still would like, I'm still friends with her. I just don't want to be in business with her because we're both headstrong. She wants it her way and I'm going to have it my way. Right. That's not going to (laughs) work. Which is fine. We still cool. We just cannot, in order to preserve a friendship, we can't be in business together. Okay. So. Fair. Um, so one of the most important things that I wanted to talk about today is, I guess, like the importance of support and ways like some people say that they don't know how to support. And I think that when people hear support, it means that they have to come out of their pocket, which, you know, if you can make a purchase, that's great. That's helpful. Um, but sometimes I feel like the lasting support isn't always you buying one product from that person. Um, and I know some of the ways that I have uh, learned to support people is by writing reviews. Like I have friends who are authors, um, or, you know, like we have a show. So if you're listening to this podcast, it would be great if you went to like, um, 
you know, Google or wrote a review wherever you're listening. Like, that's helpful. That's how you support, like, by posting on social media. Um, I was talking to B one day, and uh, I was saying, you know, sometimes just being a sounding board Mm -hmm. or, like, giving criticisms, even if it's, like, face-to-face or just via text message. Um, So what what are some of the ways that you like to be supported or, you know, have supported other businesses? That might be good practices. Um, I do a lot of reposting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether even if it's just to my stories, like I do a lot of posting. And I ain't trying to be funny, but I've I know people that only I know. But then when I get on their page, I see air, you know, and I'm yes. just like, but that's that's why I share it because yeah. I know dope people, and I feel like the world should know them too. So mm-hmm. if anybody. If I can put them in contact with anybody that I'm connected to that that they may meet or know or grow for, grow from and develop some type of relationship, I feel like you know that's support. Right. Um, purchasing things is support. Just showing up to an event, like I like the hand me the ox event. It was a free event, and um, the person who I know who I know. Um, well, I don't know her personally, but I know her through like social media, and I and I I cannot stand when I see somebody out that be talking to me all the time on Instagram, but then they don't say that when they see me. That annoys me. I'm not, maybe maybe no, it's based on their personality. I don't care. Maybe they're introverts. B. I'm an introvert, and I I didn't I wanted I was like okay when I get there like I have to say something to her, so I made it a point to be like hey I'm here we got there early we had a good time like. It didn't cost me anything to go over there, mm-hmm. but that's supporting them because yes, they're they're black entrepreneurs, and I want to support them because I will want somebody to support me. Right. So those those um, avenues work. If they have a, a YouTube channel, just subscribe. click the like, subscribe, click the like button. Right. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. The first thing you do, click the like button, mm-hmm. share it. If you know that. It's not even, it doesn't even have to be, like, definitely not anything romantic. But if you just know a homegirl that, like, hey, y'all remind me of each other. Y'all might get along. Right. Go follow her or look at this. You know, those are the ways that I feel like I support my friends. Not only that, but, like, sharing opportunities is really important, too. I know every now and then, like, we'll get an email or a text message from somebody that says, you know, hey, they're doing this over here with podcasters. Like, you should take Mm -hmm. a look. Like, that's really important. And something I think I've always been good at. I have no idea where it came from. But ever since I was a child, I'm re- I've am i been really good at affirming people. Like, really boosting them up. And it's not, it's not a lie. Like, it's never a lie. But I will take, like, whatever it is that, are, you know, are your strong suits. Like, even if you don't believe. And, like, affirm that, hey, this is wonderful. You are wonderful because of this. And so, just my, my friends or fellow... Um, podcasters or Mm -hmm. business owners like just affirming them and keeping it positive and giving them new ideas like hey you're doing a great job at this um did you think about this since you're already doing xyz you know maybe you should incorporate abc Mm -hmm. um but just letting people know where they are doing a good job so that they will have the confidence to continue to go so in sharing those, I hope you guys took a couple notes. I'm sure there are some things that you guys are doing that you have that we haven't mentioned today. Um, but just in our in our next few posts, like feel free to let us know what it is that you're doing to support friends or family 
members who have businesses and not only that but what it means to be a supporter or a friend what that means to you what that looks like good deal uh-huh. great all right so every week we talk about um what was funny or what inspired us and i just want to say that marseille martin <laughs> It's so cute, and since we mentioned a little movie, I will give her my funny for the week. She posted this video when she was six years old, and a six-year-old looking every bit of a brand-new four, because, you know, Marseille looks super young anyway, Mm -hmm. rapping I'm On One by Drake. So hard. Oh, God, she hard. was four then? No, she was six, but she looked oh, four. Six. Oh, my gosh. I'm she old. was rapping so hard. She was, like, pointing at the camera. And then, like, when they got to the put em up part, she's giving the deuces with the straight face like this. <laughs> it is so cute. Do yourself a favor and look it up. It'll be the cutest thing that you've seen all day. What about you? I actually... um I kind of, well, yeah, it's a funny. The funniest, this is because I normally do something that inspires me, but the funniest thing I saw this week was, and I may have sent it to you, but, and I hate giving them these little names, like it's funny, but it's not, but it was basically like a barbecue Becky situation where this guy was obviously at his car and being harassed by this white lady. And what I think, what I just, I thought was just so hilarious was instead of him getting upset and cursing the lady out he just started speaking in tongues and scared the living <laughs> hell out of her i mean it's recording her and speaking in tongues she took on talking about i'm gonna go tell him i'm gonna, i'm calling my father he said i'm calling my father too his name is jesus he's omnipresent <laughs> like i mean that's what you like gotta do because it ain't no point in you getting upset and getting your blood pressure up like he was at his car and i'm like could you imagine why every was time she bothering him oh she was white people in they well, know other know, way. You know what they do. They white people. Ain't other. Ain't no other white way. People, like white people. Yeah. So I'm just like, how funny would that be if every time we got harassed, we just start speaking in tongues? <laughs> like, what could you imagine? Like, what they would do? Like, they wouldn't know what to do, but leave you alone. Fact. So that is that's what was funny to me because I think that we have to stop. We have so much to. If you're been paying attention with the with the Nipsey Hustle, you know, passing like we have so much to do and so little time. Truly, that to be standing here arguing with these fools, right? As long as you don't come up on it's me, a lady. Distraction. I I mean, you can stay on over there. With, like we don't have we don't have the time, and I feel like the less we entertain it, the less we dress it up and give it these cute little names, the harder it will be for these people to garner attention by doing right. this. If we start if we start saying I feel harassed. Yeah. And we start using their language. And that's what he said. She was like, you're following me. And he was like, you're following me. Right. She didn't know how to take it. Right. If instead of getting mad, you start, even if you're not afraid, just go, oh my God. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) If you just start pulling a... Pull a you on you. Yeah. Because it ain't no fun when the the rabbit rabbit got got the gun. gun. So that was my funny for this week. I watched it like three or four (laughs) times and hollered each time because those tongues, girl, he was uttering. Right. Them demons was fleeing when he got when She left it. Yes. Started running down the street. He was like, go on with your lavender. She (laughs) on the lavender shirt. When I tell you, I watched it like five (laughs) times. Mm. So funny. So good. Good, that's good. That's good to me, and I didn't even get a chance to see it. I'll send it to you. Okay, appreciate you. Um, so what is your good word for the good people? Um, my good word is simple. Um, I think that all of us can get into a rut and kind of 
compare what we have going on to what other people have going on and just kind of get stuck in this whole circular I want to do something I don't know how to do it other people are doing it better and then I just don't yeah. do anything and then it just starts all over so my good word is just is basically just to start because even if you do the smallest thing today you're still better off than you were yesterday True. you're still ahead of the next person that's still circling around that drain wondering whether or not they should do something mm-hmm. so mm. just start like I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I opened up my business. Right. I didn't know what the hell I was doing when I got on this damn podcast. Girl. But we just knew we had to start. I was going to say, we didn't you don't start, know my we life. We would have never done anything. Right. So you just have to start on something. And one last thing, and then I'm going to let, let it go, is I I have this um kind of struggle with feeling like I'm just good at a lot of things, yes. you know? And so it's hard to wrap my head around, well, what should I do? Or should I be doing this? Or should I be doing something different? Or I'm doing too much. And I always feel this way. And so one of my friends um, was actually at my house this past weekend. And if, if well, nobody's ever been in my spare room, listen to this, but in my spare room where I'm actually staying because I have a permanent house case, which is my mama. <laughs> hey, mama. Hey, mama. Um, but I have like two whiteboards up in my room and I change them out and write stuff on it. And so they made mention of like, man, like that's like they, they read, you know, reading them and was like, this is crazy. Like, and I was like, yeah, and some of that stuff is already marked off. Right. And I made the comment. I was like, I just feel like though I have to do that because it's just so much in my head. And so this was Saturday. So then yesterday evening, they sent me a screenshot of Nipsey Hussle's whiteboard with all of it and I was just like oh my god that's and like good. this is that's what you're supposed to be doing I may have to adopt that that's Girl, really good yes I have like I have stuff for my for black smart proud I have stuff for the podcast I have personal stuff and then I have a whole separate whiteboard for black smart proud because I need to be doing a lot of stuff right but I and I have the and the thing is like even with your vision boards you have to put them somewhere where you see it right you can't just do it and just lay it somewhere. Like, I have my vision board at my desk where I work, and then I have my whiteboards in my room. So, as soon as I get up and walk out of my room, that's, that's the first see. thing I see. That's an issue that I have. I put I put my vision boards together, and then they be, like, behind the bedpost. I, I'm, last year, I made one, and I got everything except on there. Except for Idris. Except for Idris and the baby. That's it. But that's it. So... And that's my first time ever really doing one and being like, I'm going to do this. And I'm going right. to put exactly on there what I want. Yeah. And I got everything but Idris and a baby. But, okay. hey, you, you can't win them all. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that one. And guess who went on my whiteboard this year? Idris. Idris ain't on there. I know that's I right. got uh, Quincy on there. <laughs> well, hey, now, it's not too late. At least he's single. But anyway, what is your, what's your good word? It's pretty simple. Um... Mine is just don't be afraid. I may have used that before, but this past week where I was doing the whole 40 under 40 thing and it was coming down to the wire and I wanted to raise as much money for the university as possible Mm -hmm. because I remember what it was like not to have. I remember what it was like when I had to decide whether I was going to buy toilet tissue or whether I was going to be able to buy my books or whether Mm -hmm. I could go get something to eat or put some food gas in my tank like 
it was either or. It was never like, oh, I can get all of these things. And so any opportunity to help raise money for students at an institution that helped shape me, like, I don't want people to feel how I had to feel. Like, I, I'm sure I've shared on the story, uh, this podcast stories about how I made it in college. And if I haven't, then I will one day. But just know. Maybe we should because. I was child, on. I have done some things. I don't ever want to do that again in my life. I, would, I wouldn't trade my college experience. For nothing. But. And I say this with all sincerity. If I had an opportunity to go to, to do it over and not struggle. Mm-hmm. Or just not go. I don't know. I don't want to do that again. Right. Like to have to worry and still yeah. try to make the grades and yeah. still know like tuition costs. Yeah. It costs somebody. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it was some, I don't know. Listen, I'll, every time I think about it, the first thing that popped in my head is Marvin said, cause I never, never would have made, made it. it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And you know what? The only, and this is why, and this goes back to the thing with Nipsey's mom. It is only because of the people who came before me. Right. What I, the things I saw, the things I was taught, the things they went through, the things I went through. Yeah. That is what got me, and God, that is what got me through. Right. Because I don't know, it wasn't nothing that I deserved or something miraculous that I did. Right. It's just That grace. and one foot in, in front of the yeah. other. Like, just slowly but surely. Um, but I say don't be afraid because I'm raising that money um, up until last week, and it's been months. And and it, all of this intertwines because um, it goes back to, like, what it means to support somebody. And I, I was just – I've said several times, like, if all of my Facebook friends that I actually know know gave, like, $5, like, I would have killed the game anyway. Like, it would just be a ridiculous amount, but um, – you know, there are people who say they'll do and then they don't ever do. And you remind, like, I used to be the person that wouldn't even remind you. Um, but then, like, I got enough bravery to remind people and they'll ignore you. They won't respond. I'm always of the mindset, like, if you can't do, if you just can't do, at least say, like, hey, congratulations. Like, I would if I could. I can't, but I'll share it, you know, or something like that. And so there was a lot of that. So I told you guys, like, at the beginning of the week, I was at, like, $4,000. So maybe $1,300 away from even knocking on the door of the next person, um, which wasn't really the the ultimate goal, just trying to raise money for the students was. But the last few days, I was like, it just doesn't make sense. Like, there are some people who I can tap on that should, that just should. Mm -hmm. Um. Not that I'm counting anybody's dollars, but I was like, just put it out there. You never know. And so I did. I put it back out there. But instead, I was sending it to individual people. And it was like, hey, if you can't give, just send it to somebody that you think might be able to. And instead of putting, I'm sure I put a Facebook post out. But that that's general sometimes. So people don't think you're talking to them. But when you send, and it's time consuming, you feel like you shouldn't have to do it. But when you send people individual messages, then it's like, hey. I'm talking to you. Like, just tell me you can't. Tell me congratulations, you know, tell me something or donate. But don't just ignore me because I don't know if you got my message or not. So I was sitting in my room and I was like, I'm going to just leave people alone. I'm going to let it rest. I'm going to let it ride. And something was like, no, don't be afraid. Just start sending the message out. So I started sending the message out and people started donating. 
And then I would skip over people in my, because I'm like, oh, they're not going to do it or they, they can't do it. or And something was like, you don't know what they can do. Like, and if send, they can't, so. Right. Just send it to everybody's name that you pass. And I just started sending it. And people that, you know, I know probably could have didn't. And then there were people who came out of the woodwork that I thought could and who did. So just don't don't be afraid to reach out to your network. Don't be afraid to ask for what you want. Because now I know that that's something I've always been afraid to do. And it kind of uh, taps on the whole, I'll just do it myself because I don't want to bother anybody. Um, but sometimes I need to bother people. Like, and, well, and they're going to bother you. Exactly. If they need it. And sometimes they're not even bothered. It's more so like networking and collaborating, but I can't do that if I don't ask. So I encourage you to do the same. Don't be afraid. Is there anything you don't want the people to forget this upcoming week? No, not really. I don't have anything to add. Y'all just have a happy Easter. Because Easter will have passed by the time we come back. Sure will. Yep. Not that you ever could, but don't forget about Beyonce, okay? Um, if you're listening to this I on the but day... but if she think I'm going to be up at 3 a.m., she crazy. <laughs> if you're listening to this on the day that the show drops, tomorrow is homecoming. Um, so, at some point, I will be watching. What's today, Monday? The show comes out on Tuesday. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm confused. Because I'm like, tomorrow's 17? Ma'am. <laughs> What, what we don't need you to forget is what day it is. Courtney be wrong sometimes. Sometimes it's okay. she be wrong. Listen, you're a human being. Um, you know, you guys can follow us on social media on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We are on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher. I always leave something out. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you know you can find us there. <laughs> um, I just got one last thing to say, B. What girl? If I die today, I know I, I made a set proud, nigga. <laughs> Tiffany. Until next week, we'll see y'all. We out.